This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And I'll be showing you my Black Bottom. <laughs> Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He is uh, doing a little traveling. He should be, we, we, got a lot, we got a lot of stuff coming up, so we should be back to cover some of the other big things we got going. But Out Now is a film podcast where Amy and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into view, movies via most of spoiler for review, the occasional commentary track, or some other movie to, fun movie topic. This is episode 300, or 300, not even close, 431, 431. We are talking Ma Rainey's Black Bottom this week, the latest August Wilson adaptation that's now available on Netflix, starring Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. And joining us, joining me, to discuss Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, we have, from Movies Marcus, he just bought himself a new pair of shoes. It's Marcus Robinson. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's me. <laughs> Marcus, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, I'm ready to discuss black movies. Yeah. <laughs> this black movie podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, we, we are. We are. We are just. J- just r- r- have plenty to talk about when it comes to black movies this week with Mari's Black Bottom, and of course, <laughs> of course, I was able to get you back on this podcast too. So, um, uh, yeah. So uh, that's that is the plan. We uh, we're gonna get into that uh, very soon here. But first up, some just quick show notes. First up, I uh, new commentary track. We just recorded our Star Wars: The Force Awakens commentary track to continue our tradition of December Star Wars commentaries. And uh, that was a lot of fun because not all of us like The Force Awakens. Therefore, we had a lot of debate <laughs> about The Force Awakens and J.J. Abrams and Star Wars and things that are happening in Star Wars. Uh, Did you not like The Force Awakens? I like The Force Awakens. Okay. I like I, Force Awakens. We, we, there are varying opinions that we have on the show, but it's certainly a lot of fun. It's a good commentary to check out. We get to a lot of Star Wars discussion, that's for sure. And that is on iTunes right now. Speaking of which, you can log on iTunes, find the shows like this or our commentary tracks, and also give us a rating and review. Uh, you know, you can log, find out now there and Dave, give us a star rating, that'd be great. Give us a review, that'd also be pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, that's out. And uh, what else? Uh, show plans. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, it's the end of the year. There's a lot, always a lot of movies as far as like the bigger stuff as well as the smaller things. There, we will do episodes covering Soul and Wonder Woman and The Midnight Sky, George Clooney's new movie, uh, along with uh, what we intend to do, which is a an episode focused on the Small Axe uh, films from Steve McQueen. Marcus, have you had a chance to check out any of the Small Axe films? I haven't. I just start. I actually just started it this morning, but <clears throat> well, I, I haven't had a chance. I heard. I hear it's great, and I, I haven't read any reviews, but I heard it's great i i look forward to hearing what you have to say about that which might result in another call to you to be on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> but no there's there's a, there's you know five films there i i would say all worth watching um yeah. but and we do because because i do think it's worthwhile i think it's certainly something worth talking about so that you just expect something along those lines in the future um what else I think that's everything for show notes. So let's uh, let's move on now. Before we get to our main review, let's get to our fun other movie topic, which is what we would have talked about this week were people just <laughs> to sit down and say, you know what? This is serious. This is where I go over one of the movies that would have come out this week if the world did not change in this post-bloodshed era that we are currently experiencing. This week, there's a number of movies that would have come out this week, one of them being Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, the... Yeah. 
updated version of the classic musical West Side Story. I say updated, but it's still set. Like, it's still period set. Uh, this version... Um, Starring brown people? <laughs> it, it, it does have brown people. You, 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 you have uh, Rachel Zegler as Maria and Ansel, Orgut, El, Orgut, Ansel Elgort as Tony, among, uh, among many others, including a returning Rita Moreno. Um, wow. For me, West Side Story is pretty much my favorite musical of all time uh the original uh, and yeah, i think well deserved it's a fantastic film and full of life and color and the music and the songs and the direction it won like 10 or it was nominated no it won like a t- like a ton of oscars i think like 10 oscars um so and steven spielberg he's been wanting to do a musical forever so the concept of him doing a west side story a new west side story I'm very intrigued by it, but Marcus, where, where are you with West Side Story? Were you excited for another version of this? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I love West Side Story, and just like you, Steven Spielberg is still that guy. Like, he's attached to it, I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> this is going to be his first musical. And anytime I think that he, and I've looked at the history of, of, of his work where he kind of deviates onto something totally different, it's brilliant. So... Why not? Right. I mean, it's just yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's so much potentially. I mean, the, the only like the only thing that like makes me curious is I've not been a fan of Spielberg's continued collaboration with Janice Kaminsky. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. so it's and West Side Story is like one of the key things about West Side Story is it's colorful. <laughs> it's, okay. It is a big, bright, shining musical. That's not saying that Kaminsky is incapable of pulling off something of that nature. And it's not like I right. think he's untalented. He's a very talented cinematographer. I just feel like there's a lot of samesies <laughs> quality to <laughs> recent Spielberg films because of Kaminsky's very specific methods of having blown out lights and right. going for a certain aesthetic. I am yeah. very curious how that suits a musical that's supposed to be full of life and color. Um, so, so do you think something like this would be visually compared to like a la la land or is that is that what people are expecting when they sit down and watch this is going to be la la land 2.0 or whatever it is visually i mean well i mean so well la la land is full of color and is bright and yes elaborately choreographed or whatnot yes i i mean i would I'm not necessarily thinking Steven Spielberg needs to, you know, resemble Chazelle. He's Steven Spielberg. He can do what he wants to right, do, right, and it'll right. probably be suitable. Right. I, I just want, and it's not even a matter of, like, if it's, if somehow, if Kaminsky does his thing and it suits the way that Spielberg's going for this, like, good, I guess. Like, if it works, <laughs> I just, I, I want to, I want to go, I want to, like, watch a movie that just feels like, yeah, this is what a, this is what this West Side Story should feel like. And I, I so I'm just hoping for the best in that regard. It's like, you know, there's so many other things stacked against me feeling against the movie for that reason. So it's more it's more along the lines of I just want if if there's one thing I can identify as a possible flaw, it's that. So it's just like I hope that's not something that holds me back from appreciating what this could be more. It's like it's not like we're gonna be surprised by the story. Like we know what's gonna happen in right. things. So. <laughs> I, well, maybe he could switch the story around. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, and obviously, every, the, every, Romeo and Juliet's been done to death. Right, and everybody's team Elgort. <laughs> that's that's what they constantly say. Exactly. So, I mean, he, he's exactly. in the clear. So I mean, no problems there. So I think it's gonna be just fine. Uh, but no, I, 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 regardless, we have a year to wait for this thing. It's not, it was going to come out obviously this week, but now it's pushed back an entire year, which tracks because there's been no advertising. So yeah. it's not like they, you know, had to take a wash <laughs> in any 
you know money or anything as far as putting this movie right. out there. So uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, it would have been a huge Oscar contender, I would assume. So we'll uh, yeah, I see what happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, West Side Story does arrive in theaters. Well, we'll see um, on <laughs> either in theaters or Disney Max <laughs> or Disney Plus <laughs> on December tenth, twenty twenty one. Assuming you know the nuclear wars don't happen after inauguration day. <laughs> so uh... by then there might be a Disney Max. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There could well like they they kind of, I mean to, to speculate on that for a second because they did announce internationally there's going to be Disney what is it Pro, Star Disney Star I think which is like what it, it's basically their version what is that? Of, it's so they can have like because they have Fox right and they have movies that are not you know Disney or like PG family right. friendly so that's like so they can have things like Die Hard and Alien or whatnot like on another oh, yeah. that's they're doing that internationally I can't imagine them not doing some form of that domestically as well like that just makes sense to me as far as you have all this right. stuff you gotta it'd be great to put it somewhere <laughs> like that's especially especially now in this continued we're at home and we gotta watch something environment it's like disney's not just gonna yeah. be like well hbo has all that stuff go there they're gonna want some some of that you know a piece of the pie themselves yeah that's <laughs> so, true well, so we'll see. Regardless, let's just hope that we. I would really be happy to see a new big budget West Side Story movie from Steven Spielberg in a movie theater. So let's hope that that's the case. Uh, <laughs> December 10th, 2021. Uh, all right. With all that in mind, let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But they want to call me Mother Blues. That's all right with me. It don't hurt none. Wait <laughs> outside. <laughs> Where's the, uh, the horn player? I got a friend. Come on, Libby. You rehearse like everybody else. I'm gonna get me a band and make me some records. I know how to play real music, not this jug band shit. You call that playing music? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Go on and fire me, I don't care. When I got there, they began to say. That's to get the people's attention. That's when you and Slow Drag come in with the rhythm part. Me and Cutler play on the break. The sooner you understand it, and what you say is what Ma said to count. <laughs> we'll be ready to go in 15 minutes. We'll be ready to go when Madam says we're ready to go, and that's the way it go around here. That should have been some of the trailer for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. With Denzel Washington having the rights to the works of August Wilson, he stepped down to, produ- to a producer role for this adaptation of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, directed by George C. Wolfe. It features Viola Davis as Ma Rainey, the mother of the blues, who is supposed to record an album in 1920 Chicago on a particularly hot day. Various problems arise, including tensions shared between her and Levy, a talented, ambitious, and very arrogant trumpet player with aspirations of his own. Levy is played by Chadwick Boseman in his final role before his untimely passing. Marcus, did Boseman deliver, and how did the rest of the film work for you? I, you know, Boseman delivered. I, I, you know, after watching this, and I'll go a little bit deeper into it, but after watching this, I had to go and revisit, um, uh, a raisin in the sun because there's okay. such similarities between this character that he plays and Sidney Portier's character. Um, he's, he's, he's going to get, you know, <clears throat> he's going to get a lot of recognition in, in the coming. I don't know what the, the award season looks like, but he's going to get recognition for this um, as well. He should. Um, but if this is his, you know, if, if, 
because this is his final role. If this is like the if this was the last thing that I ever saw of him as far as like never revisiting another movie or anything like that, it's super satisfying. It's super satisfying. Um, as far as the other movies, the 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 rest of the movies concerned, I loved it. I I think that as simplistic as this is, much like um, as simplistic as the setting is, much like A Raisin in the Sun, there are super dark layers here I, I i think this is less about a biopic or a snapshot of black music this is more about black trauma mm-hmm. like uh we're 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 forced to sit in this dingy claustrophobic environment and witness multiple generations generations of black trauma struggle and make sense of things while the rest of the world continues to just take and take and take in order to make me the next Elvis or whatever. There are some themes in this that are super just – there's a theme of uh, black men's place in society, which is kind of obvious going into this. Um, but there's also themes about – um, what it's like living as kind of this hated member of society, but also a necessary member of society. And there's also a layer of this which looks at how a black woman in quote unquote power must conduct themselves and treat others in order to survive. So there is really Wilson is really hitting on all cylinders. I, I never I didn't know much about this going in. But man, this this really blew me away. Uh, 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 yes, we're going to talk about the performances, and we're going to talk about Viola Davis and and Chadwick and 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 the rest of them. They're, they're fantastic. The, the, um, but I, I just want to want to say that as great as it is, and 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 as much praise as I can give give Hollywood for starting to show. Uh, black love on screen, black affection, black sex, black bodies. There is a place for black rage as well, and 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 Wilson does that so well. Uh-huh. This movie is something that we kind of really only see on mass with Spike Lee. Um, it, it, it reminds us why and where this rage comes from. It reminded me of where watching where this rage as an artist comes from you're you're right uh the, the, it's it's a film that does like explore this in a a way that's it lures you in that's something i really like about mm-hmm. this that's something i like about what i've seen of wilson's work to begin with i mean it's you know, between this and fences and just some other like stuff i've seen as far as it's um his stage plays like little clips i've seen here and there just because i really his use of dialogue is so intoxicating like it, it just yeah it draws you in you have these conversations that they're going to go places because that's the drama. That's where it needs to require, you know, a certain development or whatnot to like put these people at odds, you know, at odds between each other. But the, there's like a naturalness that's like heightened because it's a play or what have you, but like just the, the way that you have Chadwick Boseman and Coleman Domingo and Glenn Turman just like relating to each other, like having conversations. And that builds towards, you know, this kind of like heatedness between them for a variety of reasons, whether it has to do with, you know how society's been treating them, their backstory, their history, religion, what have you. It's so 
it's such a wonderful way of like of, of drawing you into this thing and being like i i'm so like in on these characters this is fun it's great it's snappy it, right. it 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 has this very specific coloring to it, uh, and then it suddenly takes turns, and you're like, okay, like now it's think, right. things are suddenly it shifted gears, or there's and it's often for it's not it's rarely because of like reasons that need to happen. Like none of these people need to be angry at each other. It's just from mm-hmm. the it's from like various like little things or circumstances or taking phrases the wrong way, or or just mm-hmm. the kind of. <laughs> the the inherent oppression that they've had to face and how that's coming right. out of them, which is the rage that you're referring to, um, right. and that's all that's all just great. Like that's all gravy for me. Like watching a movie like this where you already right. have like, you know, the acting. Yeah, like we'll talk about the actors, but it's like I'm not expecting bad performances here. You know, you know, you know, right. you don't put you know seven people in a room and hope they do a good job. You got the right. you got you have the people that are fit for this cast. And yes, Chadwick Boseman is fantastic here. I, I would say it probably is his best performance in a you know a, a sadly short career that's had a lot of really yes. good performances in them, uh, but he's right. fantastic doing all kinds of things as far as being likable and being unlikable and being arrogant and, be, and, and being loud and funny and brash and dramatic like he's doing all kinds of things he's twisting himself around he's literally dancing all over the place at points to just like show what kind of a beast of a performer he could be and then you have Viola Davis who's also fantastic in this movie who plays this person that has an authority that she's worked for and chooses to conduct herself the exact way she wants to conduct herself she's not in it to you know code switch and like appease the white man she wants to be exactly the person she wants to be if that means being loud and getting to get her way because it's because if she was if she was a white woman she'd be treated the way that she wants to be treated like that's what that's her parade that's what she's gonna do and it's like it's wonderful to kind of like see that come out in a movie like this someone that's not just you know it, it's not as though she's just like famous singer. She wears these big colorful dresses. She's mm-hmm. she, she has a way of speaking. She addresses people exactly in the tenor she wants to address them in, and she doesn't mm-hmm. let things slide, right? Like, and, that, and that's where that speaks to police. The police officer scene was really oh yeah that's, scary that's, for me, honestly. It gives you exactly <laughs> what you need to know about yep. that character right away because that's her. Right. First, I mean, beyond like there's a scene where like she's just walking out of the room, out of her out of her hotel with her cousin and her her mistress and it's like okay you already get a sense of who the, but then you're like yeah the conversations he's having at an in 1920s chicago with the police officer in the public that's all surrounded by white people it's like right. there's a way she could act and she chooses to go the opposite way as far as what could get her into trouble <laughs> like and it's right. just it's great like just all of that just comes together so well and so it, and we'll i will get more into this but what i really like about this movie is that i i tend to have I tend to be more critical of stage plays turned into films because the staginess of it is something I, it can be hard for me to not, not just like get her, like not hard, but, but like you can see that a lot when these things happen, you can see the kind of the parameters you're stuck in because of the nature of the screenplay, which dictates like a, a single location or what have you, like not to. So watching this film, I was very impressed by George C. Wolf's direction. I thought it, it had a lot of like, there was a lot of dynamism to the surroundings where we were in the same locations constantly, obviously, but I like the way he shot it. There's this kind of, there's a lot of life and a lot of color and there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways he separates the different areas of this building where you have the, you know, the, the music room, the, like the band practice room on the bottom floor and it looks dingy and bad. You have the recording area, which is warm and colorful. Like it, it finds ways to like, highlight those layers and make that feel essential to the story that we're watching 
as opposed to trying to hide the fact that it's a stage play. It doesn't feel like it's hiding that. It just feels like it's using that to its advantage. So it's okay. that that stuff. To, it all just this, yeah. I I agree with you. I think this movie is pretty great. I think it all just really works for me, and it's because of these performances, because of the effort with the direction. So yeah, it just it's operating on like a lot of high levels here. I I totally agree. I, I'll add one one more thing to the 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 Ma Rainey character um, and how Viola plays her, um, how she conducts herself. There are speeches that she gives later on. There's one specific where she says, this is why I do it. And she may not even like doing it like this, like mm-hmm. screaming all the time and like whatever. But this is why I do this. And, you know, it it comes to fruition on another person with another person that they conduct themselves a little differently. Yeah. And they say, well, just be nice to people and just kind of like kind of chucking and jiving a little bit and giving them a little bit and just getting your foot in the door and then blowing them away. Uh, that's going to work. So there you have two really strong one played by, by Chadwick and one played by Viola. And you have two really strong characters that are doing totally opposite things, but they both want to get to that same level. And it's just interesting. It was an interesting dynamic to watch play out. You have two things going on at exactly the same time. Two two ways to to I guess to deal with a white surrounding. And, and it <clears throat> it speaks to the kind of brutality of the system they're in, where they're artists that they want to express themselves, and they have these, you know, these this talent and these you know this wealth of like stories to draw from as far as who they are as people and who they're representing as people, and they're in they're within a system that they know can take that away from them to some degree. Uh, and, right. and Ma Rainey's very much trying to fight against that as far as her wanting to sing exactly her songs the exact way she wants to do it, let alone have control to a point over the rights to her music, which becomes a sticking point later in the film. Meanwhile, you have Levy, who's like, he just, he needs to bring, he has all of this stuff pent up inside of him. Right. And it just feels like if he's able to, if he's able to get to this top level, he can probably get better. But just right. by by the nature of where he is and by the nature of who he is, he's he, he's going to be in his own way. <laughs> it's like right. it's such a there's a lot of tragedy. Like it's weird because like I find this movie like it's not it's it wouldn't be hard for me to say this is a fun movie because there is there's a lot of fun <laughs> in the exchanges people are having with each other. Yes, there are. Yes, it's dramatic and it like it gets into some real like, it taps into some real like angry places or whatnot. But it's still like for 90 minutes. Yes, there are dramatic developments and things that happen, but it's still like that's what I'm talking about. With that lure that Wilson's dialogue has, it's like, right. I, and let alone Wolf's direction, because you, you're the way it's constantly shifting around and using music right. and whatnot to convey a sense of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to say, well, that this is this, that it's not fun to like watch it, to be entertained by, like compared to something like I don't know Manchester by the Sea, which has its share <laughs> of comedy in it, but that's still like. That's oh, a movie, my, my, that's, my favorite movie of that year. I know, yeah, and Abe's. And Abe's, that's right. But it's like, it's also a two and a half hour movie about a guy that's dealing with his family being dead. Yes. So, I mean, it's like... It's, like, it's a total 100% downer, yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the swings it, in this are, are beautiful. I mean, uh-huh. like, the, the big, the the big giant one, Not to, I'm not spoiling anything, but the big giant one, there are shoes that are purchased in the very beginning and this is a happy experience Uh and then we see it maybe doesn't turn out so happy and it turns really dark but the swings and the transitions are wonderful because you can have 
this this experience of of happy uh, joy in the same room as this experience of just trauma, just you know this really sadistic um, world just cramming in on these people. You can have it in the same room, and he does it in the same room, and it's just it's it's really really interesting to watch but like you said what you it, it there is fun in this movie it, it is i t- hesitate to say 50 50 but like it, the transitions just are wonderful yeah I, I mean speaking to kind of that room a little bit more i there's a lot of really good symbolism in this film uh mm-hmm. and, I, and I, that room is a big part of it including this door that doesn't want to open um and then there's a kind of a there's a thing that happens with that where it's like well doesn't even matter and it's just like this is i i find that to be just fascinating and like really well communicated visually mm-hmm. um which again speaks to again i think which is really good direct like it's it's weird it's, it's like you know denzel's a producer this time and not directing you have george c wolf who's a very accomplished state director right and, and he's done, he's done a couple films too uh, like lackawanna blues among, among other things uh, and it's that so it's not like he's you know it's not his first time at the bat here but it is, you know, watching watching Fences, which I really enjoyed. Um, I, I I just I'm very happy with what's going on with these Wilson plays. If we're going to keep getting like this kind of quality right now, uh, yeah. because I, I do think that there's, especially for this setting, for this the Chicago music scene, it requires a certain kind of touch. And it's like as much as the themes and dialogue rhythms and what have you are similar to Fences, there's a whole different feel to Ma Rainey as far as what kind of film it wants to be. Right, and so I, I really appreciated that there is that kind of difference that it's not just coming off of a like a uh, an assembly line as far as like we're making one of these again and it just it has the same exact feel like it's doing it's try it's it has different kind of aspirations from a cinematic level which I appreciated but yeah there <laughs> the that hydro like okay be, be, I don't because I don't want to forget these before we, we talked about Chadwick and Viola a little bit we can talk about it a little more later I I also what we should point out that I do think the other supporting performances specifically Coleman yeah. Domingo and Glenn Turman mm-hmm. are also fantastic here they're <laughs> like fantastic. they're so good good Coleman Domingo as Cutler who's like the mediator of all of this like he's trying to like mm-hmm. keep a good face on everybody like wants to you know promote like the like hey we're here to do a job we're gonna get paid for right. it like it's it, it, we're and we're all talented we know that like that's such a fun thing and glenn turman <laughs> who is wonderful like it's weird i've the, like i've always seen i've seen glenn turman plenty but it's like after watching about rainy suddenly like he felt it feels like he's just popping up in more places now all of a sudden because he's been in things for like decades like he's, he's he's been around for a long time it just feels like i've suddenly started noticing like he's in the way back from earlier this year with ben affleck i was like oh yeah he, like he's like he's in a lot of movies but, is he um, really yeah um it's not a huge role but he's in it and i'm like oh yeah glenn turman was in that movie <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no but they're both and but his role here he plays like the old timer um okay just, i know he's in that new fargo i heard he's in the new he's a new Fargo. yeah he's great in the new fargo yeah <laughs> i will I, I haven't watched it yet but i heard he's great in the new he's fargo. very good at it but yeah but like just yeah they're present in this film just what it, they're just yeah they're wonderful against Bozeman as far yes. not against him but like I mean as far as you know scene partners with him like they're right. all just doing their job and just yeah the you know everybody gets a monologue or whatnot and Coleman Domingo has some really great moments here where he like gets into his side of things mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see like 
you know, the way he's choosing to represent his experience as a black man in a, you know, a white America uh, mm-hmm. versus how Levy's clearly seeing it and the way they go at each other. Like, there's just a lot, there's a lot there. Right. <laughs> this movie, like, goes to. It's just really, it's just great work from these yeah, guys. Yeah, their, their dynamic is, is, is the dynamic that really, really spoke to why I went back and saw um, A Raisin in the Sun uh-huh. because their dynamic reminds me of uh, the, 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 the mom and the oldest son, um, or the yeah the son Sydney Poitier's character yeah, yeah, and yeah. how they really went back and forth with each other and what one person really rested on kind of like a um, like a spiritual kind of uh, um, I know the world kind of this is how it is and this is you know you got to be careful but we can still be free in this world but just you know, as long as we have spirituality and this and that and the other thing, he's not blind to anything, but he's just, this is how he conducts his life. And then you have Chadwick, who is this person who's, who feels like I've never gotten, uh, the Levy character, you've never gotten my comeuppance. I've always been pushed down. And yes, for sure he has, but it's my time and I'm going to make it happen. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody's help and I don't need God's help. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't, whatever you're, you're talking fairy tales right now. So it was just so great to see almost like a father son dynamic there. It is. And it's, it's, it's neat that the, like you can have your argument of like, what's the way to do something, but the film isn't like positing a correct way necessarily. Like it, it, I mean, it's not supporting certain things either, but, and that comes out and that, that, that's that rage factor too, where like you have Chadwick Boseman, like literally shouting at God or, and, you know, saying very disparaging things that are going to upset, you know, Cutler. And it's like, it's not as, it's not as though the film is accepting that as an answer, but it's also like, you're exploring what put this person in this position to begin with, to feel this way, which is challenging. And it's, it's, and it's very dark. Um, right. and, it, and it really it, it turns that tension into something else beyond like entertaining banter or back and forth heated discussions. It becomes this kind of other this other thing that really informs where things are going to go from there, which are tragic. And it's right. like and, it, and, it's, I, and, I, and I think it really it really puts another another yet another emphasis on there are multiple different types of black people in the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, just putting it out there like. I think that in recent movies have done it a lot better, but usually it's a movie about somebody's black and they have something else. This is just, you know, there's multiple different types of black people that see the world in different ways and act differently. And it's just, it's, it's good to see. It's good to see, even though they're all struggling, they're all conducting themselves in different ways. Yeah. Just it's that understand, especially, you know, it's not to speak to like the audience for this movie on Netflix, but at the same time, it's like to to convey a certain kind of story and like understand certain characters, let alone just kind of get out a certain message. Yeah, putting this movie on Netflix, uh, where a lot of different people can see it willingly, yeah. you can. Yeah, it is an opportunity to show the, the different stratospheres, of the, the different layers there are as far as the way people can, the way black people conduct themselves in the world based off. Right what's been going on and what choices are being made to, you know, say like, no, I'm going to be this way or I'm going to be this way, or I'm going to choose, uh, you know, something more 
apathetic to my surround, like whatever. Right. That's I find that to be useful. I find that to be useful and informative, and it's you know it's sure. it's a great thing. I mean, that's what Wilson did in his writing to begin with, so it's really right. interesting in that manner. But to get to like we so we talked a lot about the the actors, <laughs> um, the like the the plotting of this thing itself, the the kind of like we need to record this album. I really like all of the things that upset this, that like stop this from happening. It's this kind of like that's that entertaining thing again, where it's like right. you throw your hands in the air, thinking, "Ah, they need to get the coke bottle now," or like, "Ah, the right. microphone's not working." And, but at the same right. time, you're like, I'm so like entranced by what's taking place here. I so want to see where this is going. It's so like there's a kind of there's a weird comedic tension when it comes to this, like the like Ma Rainey's white producer, um, Irvin who like keeps like trying to satisfy Ma <laughs> and like, he's just like right. missing every opportunity from a mix of bad luck to, well, he didn't do a thing that was supposed to be required of him. <laughs> like it, it's, it's right. kind of on him in that manner. Yet the person yelling at him, you perceive that as, you know, them being the problem when it's like, well, he, when you promise certain things, I mean, mm-hmm. A certain type of person <laughs> might not be treated the way that Ma's being treated. So it's right. like, what, what are you supposed to do about that? Right. I I, I totally agree with you. I I think there. The, I think to, to to add to that, all of this is happening with kind of like this established background understanding that one group is gonna lose. Uh huh. Even though this group is on top, you know, the black performers. It it's with everything going into this they're going to lose even if you you're seeing what you're seeing you're seeing Irvin running around like crazy trying to appease ma whatever you know that somebody's going to lose and it's not going to end well for a certain group of people and even though you know that we can still have these breaks of just kind of levity mm-hmm. and not like flippant anything but levity to where you humanize people and levity to where you're you're pushing a narrative forward in a super entertaining way like you said like yeah this is a traumatic movie but there's entertainment there's a lot of entertainment here and it goes to those those specific pockets of just writing you know something i really like and i know it's like it's from the it's from the the stage obviously it's the you have certain, you know, names for these characters. You have Levy and Ma Rainey, and, you know, Ma Rainey's a real person or what have you. The name Mel Sturdivant is such a <laughs> – it's such a specific choice, but it's like the – the it's just there's a sound – there's something about, like, the way they have to say Sturdivant. It, it's, so like, it's such a way to, like, move along this story and, like, how these characters refer to things. It's just – it's I don't know how it's weird to describe it, but it's just like that's such a specific name choice that you're gonna have people have to say over and right. over again. Right. It's like it feels it feels like complicated yet entirely fitting for this film. Like do you right. know what I'm saying? Like it's no, it's I a, get it. Ma Rainey, it, everything Levy, they all have like a like a like a flow, like a like mm-hmm. a musical flow to them. And Sturdivant is very cold, so you get it. You get what's gonna you get the character you don't even you don't even have to have ever seen this character you just you know it's yeah you you know exactly but it's it's just like because these characters are gonna have to refer to this person you have it like it gets pronounced in different like there's different <laughs> emphasis in ways where you, when Ma Rainey's talking to Sturdivant it's a throwaway 
It's like, just right. get away from me, Sturdivant. When Levy's talking, trying to talk to Sturdivant, it's like this with this wishing, like, I need to do this. Right. Can you help me? Mr. Sturdivant. Right. Like, there's, a, right. there's, there, there's like just, it's just enough syllables and it's just enough like <laughs> weird combination of consonants and vowels or just like it, it, it rolls off the tongue in a way that has different meanings every time I hear the word Sturdivant. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's just something about that. I like that. Yeah. I um, didn't even notice that. I'm reading all the, all the names right now and I'm like, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Everything just, else. Yeah. It, it, it's it so... pops out for like a really like cold reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? I mean, the music's great in this movie. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Brad from our uh, he, he's provided the, like the, you know, the music. I know there's, there's another singer coming in for Viola Davis. She sings one song, I think, but like the, but there's another singer that comes in and just like all of her vocals. But like, regardless, the way it, you know, this is a film that is about music musicians, and it it does it has a fine handle on how to like incorporate the different kinds of music throughout this movie, whether it's when they're recording, or when the tone is lighter, or when it gets more tragic. Like it, it does its job. And, and I right. find that, I mean, you know, that's like saying good score, but I feel like that's especially important in a film like this where. You know, it is about these people that have a gift for being able to do, you know, perform music properly. And so I, I, I do think the film is informed properly by its use of music and score. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. I, I, I think, it, yeah, for sure. It's a film of, uh, about musicians and it could have just been kind of like you could have had almost like no music in this. And I, I maybe I would have understood or whatever, but. The, the points and where the music was put in and the points of when the, the the score really took took hold it, it's 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 really great structuring and it really really adds to the story and says we are still musicians these are still musicians this is what they're doing this is that we're, we're we're really grounding this in these are musicians that are going through this any any flaws in this movie you can name like any, is there anything that um, like it comes like less shiny I have to rewatch it again. Um, I wasn't super. Oh, you you made some great points about the direction. I wasn't like super blown away, but I think it was. I was very like, the words are like an orchestra, and the the I'm focusing on the the actors and uh, the, everything's going. I didn't really have. I feel like I wasn't. I was distracted by so much like of this rainbow beauty stuff that I wasn't noticing the touches. And you're right. Like, like there's a scene with a door and there's the scenes, multiple scenes where they go outside for like two seconds. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. And it really did. When I, when I wrote a little bit about it, I was like, okay, I'm using the word claustrophobic a lot. And then when I went outside, I'm like, I could breathe a little bit. And I'm like, that's direction. That's. Mm-hmm. And, and when they're in this room and, and Chadwick is walking around the room and, and basically uh, like uh, kind of like showing his his feathers you know with all these other guys are, are kind of looking at this is some there's some really solid direction going on there so i guess in short no i don't have any criticism this <laughs> I, I i i saw like uh, i've seen I, I saw a movie which i thought was going to be like my favorite movie of the year uh two weeks ago and this goes over that I, so i don't know like i'm really wrestling with i i really <laughs> love this movie i didn't know you like sonic the hedgehog that much but okay um yeah exactly uh, jim carrey really you know <laughs> no the sound of metal i really love the sound of metal but oh you know wow me, i i loved um a place beyond the pines and all that those are those I'm those surprised. kind of downer movies kick, uh-huh. kick me in the head those are my mood come on 
I'm surprised by this. We we just had our episode last week on Sound of Metal where we had a lot of praise for the film. Uh, but um, but uh, yeah, as far as this movie goes, like I mean, it's less like specific things. It's more just like uh, ultimately like my you know the feel I get. It's like yeah, it's a re- it's a really good movie as far as what it's trying to do here. I can't, but I can't like identify. It's it's the same as like I can't identify why I don't give this five stars. I can't identify why I you know don't mark it down lower it's like no i like the movie like it does its job but i mean there's you know, yeah I, it, <laughs> to identify things would be like just trying to find stuff but it's you know sometimes you just you know you just kind of feel what you feel about the film without having specific was it like, was, was it at all like because i i know that some movies can be a little like there's there's kind of this final scene here where it's i don't want to say predictable in a bad way it's just you know it's not gonna you know something's gonna happen but did that take anything away is that like i i've heard i've i i i watched this with uh with with a a friend of mine was watching at the same time Mm -hmm. and they had mentioned that oh i kind of knew what was going to happen almost like it was a bad thing but i i didn't really take it as kind of a bad thing if that was i don't know no, was... I'm not, I never sit there and think like, well, because I saw this coming, it's therefore not good anymore. I think it's okay. how you how you reach that point, like that's right. what matters. And it's, you know, there's movies that you know don't feed into this well enough to get you that. It, it's like you know what you're gonna feel from that. It's like yeah, I you can. There's an argument that occurs and has a resulting action, and it's like you could see that coming to a point maybe. But I think what gets me about this, but what works for me about more the you know the direction it takes is the inevitable still like you just let out right. this like come on <laughs> don't right. do that so like that's not gonna like and now you're and now you just feel bad and it's like and but it's because of like there's a there's a level of security with these performances like you know these kinds of people at this point and it's it's really just pushing you to a certain limit and you're like yeah <laughs> that's, okay this is this is this kind of direction this kind of you know <laughs> move towards this area is like okay that's a <laughs> you got to resign yourself to being like ah, i didn't want it to go this way but it did right. uh, it doesn't make right. it necessarily bad well here's here's the better here's a different question then i mean as far as the story prime goes yeah it has a you know it goes the way it goes there's another you know there's a bit at the end i won't get into necessarily but did you like that the kind of final moment of this film i did um i think was it was it necessary? Um, maybe to it was like a like an exclamation point. Sure. For me, um, I don't know that it was totally necessary. If you're gonna take into like August Wilson's nuances, I, I don't know that this was a necessary way to go. But it wasn't bad. I I I I don't think it was. I think I think why it worked for me is because maybe one person thinks it's funny and maybe one person thinks it's super tragic and i think that is why it wasn't completely unnecessary for me yeah uh, and this granted i don't know how the i don't think the play does this specifically like if it does right. it's probably a lot more subtle about it right but it's it's this kind of like it's this beat to end on that just kind of you already have, you know, you're already in a certain mood because of a swing that it takes at the end. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, by the way, to punctuate this, like you said, an exclamation point. 
this is the inevitable outcome of this situation as well. So it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so there, there's, there's the scene. Like I, I love bamboozled, right? I, uh-huh. uh, there's that uh, credit scene before the credits. Yeah. Where they just show you five minutes of just how things racism. Are. Yeah. Yeah. In in entertainment, and I think while it wasn't, it di- it didn't necessarily have to be there because the movie is just an onslaught but it goes with it i would say i think it goes it it's not i wouldn't if i if i if i had to see it again i wouldn't be like oh that's unnecessary and that's how i kind of feel about this it was like a punctuation and i was like okay that makes me because i have a lot of a lot of like family members who are big like elvis fans or and i have all you know you know the history of music and and you know the 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 um that that group um flavor flav and 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 what's his face what public enemy public enemy yeah you got those ones where you're 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 they're singing about you know elvis's racist john wayne's racist because they're taking stories that are black stories they're taking stories that are uh, that are you know uh not not store not like white american stories and they're just claiming them mm-hmm. um and I think that is why I wouldn't totally disregard the yeah that was kind of a jumble but I wouldn't totally disregard that last little piece I didn't mind it. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's the it's the sort of thing where you're making you, 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 for all of the yeah the nuance and subtext that goes along with you know passages of dialogue they're pretty specific but still at the same time have a level of there's there's stuff there's stuff beyond just those words that like imply even more power the final beat of this film just puts it right all out there in front of you but you know george c wolf as well as i think he directed this film isn't spike lee or isn't other directors that know how to really put a stamp on their film in a way that you know in addition to the message you got through the main narrative you also have this final point to really like give you that extra bit of like by the way uh, you don't think spike would have done something like that what I, I'm, I'm not saying he wouldn't have done something like that. I'm saying in a film by him, uh, it would there would be a, an impact. I think that would be greater. It wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't be you wouldn't be questioning why so much. Like at the end of Black Klansman, you're not watching it and thinking, well, why is this at the end? You get it. Like it's very obvious why this is at the end here, um, or bamboozled for that matter. It's like yeah, right. the, the, that's a that is a bold move to make as far as uninterrupted scenes of stuff. But, you know, the filmmaker you're watching, it's like, well, yeah, that why I, I would expect nothing less from Spike to do something like that. Right. So, this one, it's like, OK, it's there. And I, I see okay. where the <laughs> I see where the implication is. I think you're also you're just trying to pull a lot out as far as because I've seen this twice now. I watched it again mm-hmm. and it's it's a mix of for what you have to. Not everyone's going to be like in on the know of the context of, of what's going on here, so it might go over their heads. It's also it's it's deliberately shot differently. I noticed that as far as like the saturation of the color right. and everything, like it's very very much trying to be cold, basically, um, and obviously just the presence of the people in the sea. <laughs> like there's very, there's a lot of very yeah. specific things happening there, and I'm not saying that people are going to be oblivious to that, um, especially for what I assume is going to be a more adult audience watching this that are older than you and I that very much yeah. probably have an exact understanding of what's going on in the scene. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like yeah, a, a a stronger director probably would have been able to nail this moment to make it feel essential to the narrative as opposed to you know a, a, 
a nice little coda, or at least okay. a, 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 a familiar. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. A dramatic coda. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this? I mean, is there anything more to talk about with these with the with the actors at all? I mean, we talked about Viola and Davis and, and Chadwick Boseman. Well, I mean, I, it's just it's a it's a solid it's a solid ensemble. I mean, I think that's yeah. pretty clear, right? So, just side question, I guess. Uh, sure, sure. As far as like awards for oh okay for this for 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 this cast um if there i guess i guess there will be an award season at yeah. some point oh yeah right we're, we're in it i mean there's we're in pretty, it right what, are, critics are groups are handing still, out awards and everything and are, are the golden globes still happening i haven't yeah. heard anything yeah they're happening yeah oh wow I, okay I, for, I forgot what the date's supposed to be but yeah they're gonna be golden globes the oscars aren't until april but they'll happen there yeah okay which so is stupid by the way which okay. is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um do you do you see multiple words coming out of this or just kind of like this gets lost in the sauce and they just give chadwick kind of a, a no you know? i i think it's i think it's it's bozeman and davis um, who are both leads, and the idea that Davis was are being argued for supporting is ridiculous to me. I think it's so obvious that she's a co-lead oh, in this film. <laughs> like it's, yeah, for it's, sure. It, the second she comes on screen, it's like, yes, this is one of the lead characters of the movie, obviously. Um, but it, I mean, no, I think it, I think it gets those two. Supporting stuff's an outside chance. I, I don't. I would. I would doubt like Glenn, Glenn Terminator, Coleman Domingo, like not get it in that area but like i wouldn't be against it either but i think it's those two costumes uh sound editing okay <laughs> like, uh adaptation kind of i mean it depends on the competition um i but i mean was uh, ruben santiago hudson adapted the screenplay here mm-hmm. i mean it's a good adaptation but i mean it, that's always a competitive category as it is so i, like, I don't know right. um but I, I mean, I yeah, I think you get at least you know three right or like four maybe like production and art design and then costume design yeah. and then the actors, um, I, I, the actors for sure I think is an easy, you know, nom right there like that's that's going the distance. But um, and I mean it, you know with ten nominations or whatever, um, there's again there's there's competition out there. We got to you know see there's stuff that's not even. Necessarily, with with April being the date when it comes to the Oscars and an increased qualifying run, right? I don't know what else. So when yeah, when is it? When is the when is the cutoff? Is there a cutoff? I think it. No, I think it's like it's like February or something like that. Um, Wow. It no, yeah, it's a lot later, um, which again is stupid. Um, That's um, ridiculous. (laughs) It's 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 only gonna hurt things. That's my thought on this, but. But uh, no, I mean, it has plenty of chance to to be in that discussion for sure. I, I don't necessarily think winning is a different matter. Um, I okay. if if someone's gonna win, it'll be Bozeman, but I just I don't know right now, especially because you you got a lot of competition. You have Delroy Lindo, who's getting more praise now, which is great because you know the movie came out back in June, and now he's like mm-hmm. back, it's getting back in the conversation. But you have him, you have Anthony Hopkins and the father, who's like a head, big heavy front runner. Um, I mean, really, it's, Ch- it's Chadwick and Anthony Hopkins. Those are like the two front runners right now. And then Delroy Lindo's picking up a lot of steam. And then Riz Ahmed is slowly gathering stuff as well. And right. you, got, you got a Tom Hanks movie coming out. Like, there, there's a lot of people out there. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Actress, I'm not sure. But, you know, Beola Davis is... 
she's been nominated a lot, and so I won't be surprised right. if she gets another nomination. So. Right. Okay. But uh, you know, Netflix has a lot of movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they do. In, in in a year where, you know, these are the options. <laughs> like it's yes. you know them, and Prime, and you know the various VOD stuff. But right. which I'm ex- I'm excited about as far as it will be nice to see some kind of variety. I don't expect there to be too much. I still think we're going to get yeah. pretty much the usual suspects when it comes to so that, Oscar that season. would be my next, my next. I know, I know, award season is already happening, like you said. Um, but uh-huh. has there been any kind of variety? I know the the, the 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 smaller award shows will automatically give you a little bit more variety sure. on the independent circuit. Yeah. But um, do you think Golden Globes or not Golden Globe? Forget the Golden Globes, but Oscars, yeah. I guess. Um will nominate like some of the littler VOD because they got just as much play or as, you know, circumstances being what they are. I mean, I think, I mean, yes, <laughs> but at the same, but at the same time, those little films are the ones that tend to get nominated anyway. Like, I, I mean the, yeah. you know, people were early on thinking like, well, movies were canceled. So we're going to get things like Sonic the Hedgehog and, and, uh, uh, Birds of Prey and Bad Boys as Best Picture nominees. Like, no, we, there's still plenty of movies. <laughs> like, it's, it, the, movies didn't stop coming out. It's just you know the the distribution method is different. And also Netflix is like, we're going all in this year because they have this and Mank and this is in, try, and Trial. Making. Yeah, this and Mank and they bought Trial of Chicago Seven from Paramount, so they have that wow. going. But like, they have a, you know, they have a ton of stuff. Um, right. So it just it feels like it's weighted more towards some of these giant streaming services. Prime has a couple things as well. Um, so it's, will there, be more, will there be more of a diverse spread of things? Sort of, but at the same time, that also comes from just kind of the movies that are being produced. Like A24 has what, Minari, um, about the Korean family starring Steven Yeun. Um, yeah. and it's, you know, and he's another potential nominee. Riz Ahmed would be the first Middle Eastern, uh, nominee, yeah. I mean, or Muslim nominee. He's, uh, sorry, he's from, he's from London, but it's, so, it's, you know, the, the nature of the awards is less about, you know, the fact that we had a untraditional film year and more about the kinds of movies that are being made that the streaming services are promoting are filling in these more kind of diverse sections, which is great to see. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's still the same kind of film. It's still, you know, uh, people dealing with tragedies or whatnot and dramas. We're not going to get wacky genre films that are going to be winning Best Picture. Uh, And I mean, look, just, just look at... And just look at the best picture winners from the past several years. We've had a lot yeah, of like right. distinct stuff out there by comparison. When you look at your right. shapes of waters and whatnot, like there's a lot of you know, it, it, there's less king speeches and more shapes of waters in the past ten years right. when it comes to the okay. Oscars. So makes sense. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm ex- I am I, great if if you do see like you know some more left field choices for the oscars i'm all for it like i'll be i'll be happy to take that you know eat the crow and take the win as far as seeing something <laughs> that feels much different than i'm used to seeing when it comes to the oscar nominations for best picture right. or what have you yeah <laughs> like, like even even like if like elizabeth moss got nominated for invisible man i'd be like well there you yeah. go like that's a that's a nice yeah. di- that's a distinct decision as far as a genre film versus elizabeth moss and shirley a biopic right. which i didn't even like right. that much so it's like no exactly <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm happy I had this awards conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was very <laughs> curious. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Aaron uh, about all this award. He's, he's in the know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it's, I, I don't like predicting awards because it's boring to me because you get the stuff that, and not even like predicting winners. That's a different. I mean, like predicting the nominations because that, then right. you're resigning yourself to this thought of, 
well, am I picking stuff that I like, or am I picking stuff that just inevitably gets nominated anyway? And that's that that's not fun to me. It's not fun to be like, let me play the odds based off of Oscar statistics. Like, ah. <laughs> it's like, yes, I really like a lot of these other performances, but this sad white guy did a thing that Oscar Henry really likes, so I gotta I gotta put that in there by default. That said, we haven't talked we haven't talked about the father yet on this podcast, but Anthony Hopkins is very good at the father. <laughs> like, I'm not, like I have not seen it yet. It's, I, I, and it's a it's it? a really intriguingly directed film. It it okay. it has a lot more going. There there's a lot more going on in the father than what people might expect from a movie about a man with Alzheimer's. Like there's a, there's a lot of dementia. Uh, there's there's a lot of like, is it really... is it is it gonna come out on or is it already out? It's not out yet. It'll come wow. out. God, I don't, I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a VOD thing. I think they're gonna try to do a theater thing first or whatever. It'll be limited release and then come out eventually. But I'll, I'll just like, so there's... for all of these, all of these theater things, are they simultaneously? So I, I see. Well, sorry, one more question. I see that um, uh, the news of the world is coming out, but it's like only in theaters on Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Well, the, and so I'm well... like. It, so there, there's different kinds, basically. With News of the World, that's Universal. Universal has a deal with theaters, with AMC specifically, where they will go to theaters, and 17 days later, they will go to premium VOD. Okay. So like something like Freaky, that came out on Friday the 13th in October. Okay. Or, sorry, in November. And then at the end of November, it was on premium VOD all of a sudden. Got so it. They have like There's this very specific deal where it's like, yes, we'll be in theaters for two weeks, but then we'll be on VOD for people to rent. Um, okay. So with with uh, HBO, you obviously know the deal there, where it's yeah. they're gonna do day and date throughout 2021 on both services. Disney's just skipping for now with with a Soul, um, uh, and others are yeah they're just doing theaters like they normally would, even though. And something like the father, it's not like the father's you know it's not like that's a blockbuster to begin with like that'll right. go <laughs> it'll get what it gets um, anyway and still not really helping and then it'll go to you know be on digital and vod for people to rent and see but it, like you know these things they need their like that's emphasized the arch- the archaic system sometimes as far as we need a qualifying run in theaters like this is not right. the year we're gonna really like does that <laughs> does that matter like is, is that really it like does it like did it help that like mank went into theaters for a week before it went on netflix it's like did, did that like what that to me is like wearing a wig in a court in London. It's like, what do we do? Like, what is, does, does this really symbolize anything anymore? Does this, like, I don't, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm insulting people that you know, are dealing with the justice system in England, but it's like, at some point, can't we just kind of move along with some of these old ideas? Um, it's like, yeah, we have to be in theaters or else the movie won't be a movie anymore. What? You're like, your, your London, uh, your London fan base. We got a few people. We got a few English listeners. So I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jay and Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, I, you know, it's all about that. You know, establishing a qualifying run as if for some reason a movie was not a movie. You know, <laughs> somehow a movie wasn't a movie. Does not exist until theater. it's in the theaters. Yes. Uh, it's just, it's just not how it works. But yeah, so to answer your question, yes, there there are just a variety. It depends on the studio, but it's a mix of some are going to theaters, some are just going straight to VOD, some have a limited amount of time before they go to VOD, and that's how we're going to do things now, apparently, until someone okay. figures out the more <laughs> acceptable system. Um, all right, well, getting getting back to Ma Rainey, which I think we're both pretty high on. Uh, when should people go and see this movie? It's on Netflix now. Should they put it right at the top of their queue, just in there? What, yeah. what should they do? 
immediately, like I said before, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. If not, yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's spectacular, and I think it's um, even though it's set in nineteen uh, what is it twenty uh, 1920s, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's relevant today. So uh, yeah, right now. I agree. I think the movie is pretty fantastic. Uh, I mean, especially as a, as a you know the final showcase for Chadwick Boseman. I mean, yeah. he's doing the job here, and Viola Davis is no slouch either. She's very great in this film as well. Uh, the whole cast is great. But I mean, yeah, as far as something to watch that not only I find to be entertaining and just delicious with its dialogue, uh, it's it is of the moment. It's an, um, among many films. This, this is weird that we've seen that are among the moment. I will once again highlight Small Axe. Um, but it, the moderate, like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's coming out at a good time um, and certainly a worthwhile watch. So, yeah, put it right at the top of your queue. Okay. So, we've gone through all that. Gone through Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You've seen the rest. <laughs> now you heard the rest. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to a little out now feedback. Feedback, feedback. Feedback. There we go. And this is where I go over the various questions. Thank you. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash out now podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us answers. Then they gave us some questions that we can provide some answers to. Uh, Marcus, feel free to chime in whenever you want to on these as I go through them. Uh, first up, we have who are your favorite cinematic musicians? Todd has the the band from Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. The, the <laughs> there. Okay, good. That's a good one. <laughs> um, mine is obviously Dewey Cox from Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Okay, I, I mean, <laughs> can I get some love for Get On Up? I'll, I'll keep it on, on, uh, on Chadwick. On Chadwick, yeah. Another great performance, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> he's exactly. spectacular yeah. in that movie. He's spectacular. All right, what's your favorite Viola Davis performance? Irene has Widows. Oh, she was great in Widows. Um, I mean, I recently. Just saw doubt again, and she's in it for two seconds. But yeah, she's fantastic in that. Um, I would uh, I would say um, fences. I really I think fences. She's really great in. Okay. I mean, you know, there's a lot of you know, it's not like there's a shortage of Willa Quinn, Willa Davis right, 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 right. But I do think there's a lot there's a lot of different things that she has to do in fences that I think really work well. No love for the help. Is that not going to mean? I mean, she should have won over Meryl <laughs> over Meryl Streep that year. I mean, that's. that's <laughs> We're skirting around it. <laughs> I mean, she's good at it. Like, she's, it's a good performance. <laughs> she's good like, at it, yeah. Like, the, the movie's the whatever, but, like, she's good in the movie. <laughs> person in the movie, and she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What are your favorite movie bands? Luke writes the Max Rebo band, but the original Lopty Neck non-special edition version from Return of the Jedi. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's very specific. The original Max yeah. Rebo band. Uh, Todd Lieben, now friend of the show, has Sex Babam from Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Irene, yeah. ha- Irene has Spinal Tap, The Revolution, The Sorrells from Streets of Fire, and Eddie and the Cruisers. Okay. And then Christine has The Wonders or The Oneaters from That Thing You Do. Oh, yeah. I gotta, I mean, it's already been said, but I gotta go, this is Spinal Tap, this Spinal Tap. Is that... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's. A, it's like, <laughs> I, it was just it, now it's in my head. Like I'm just, uh, <laughs> with I'm just uh, uh, with big bottoms. So it's, it's like all oh, it's in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
trying to think of ones that I that we haven't. Sing Street from Sing Street. They're oh, great. Yes, yeah. Their job, driving like you stole it. You know. <laughs> Next question we have here: Who are your favorite? Uh, so this is in relation to the movie Monster Hunter, which is also out this week. Who are your favorite movie monster hunters? Jeff has Blade, Celine from <laughs> Underworld, Alice from Resident Evil, Oded Fair in the Mummy movies. Uh, let's see, Chris. Chris wrote Fred Ward in Tremors. And then I asked, don't you mean Michael Gross, the guy who's in all of the Tremors sequels as well as Tremors? And he's like, yes, that's what I meant. I meant Michael Gross. <laughs> Since there's like seven Tremors movies and they all feature Michael yes. Gross in the movie. Two questions for you, Marcus. Do you have a favorite movie, Monster Hunter? And do you plan to see the movie, Monster Hunter? Um, Do I have a favorite movie, Monster or Hunter? Jeez. Yeah. Um, well, mine is Van Helsing. Nobody said Van Helsing, but it's Van Helsing. Oh, well, what about that guy from Jaws? Quint? Sure. Yeah, Quint. Great. That's a great answer. That's yes. a fantastic answer. <laughs> there we go. And Monster Hunters, I don't think I'm going to see it. I, I thought it was fine. I had fun. Was it good? It was it I good? I mean, well, so here's the thing. With Paul W.S. Anderson, I don't, yes. like any of his, I don't like any of his Resident Evil movies, but... I tend to like his other movies. I mean, I still generally look at Mortal Kombat as the best video game movie made. Okay. Uh, I like Death Race. I like Event Horizon. I, Mark Hoban and I both like Pompeii. I mean, like there's, there's, okay, there's, yeah. He, he, he made, I, I like his, <laughs> um, his, his Three Musketeers steampunk version that he made a couple years. Like, there's a lot of like, and none of this is saying these are great films and you need to see them. But as far as like, schlocky b movies like hey, he does right. the job he sees he has a production design background so they all generally look pretty good so watching <laughs> monster hunter i was like well it's a video game movie there's no reason absolutely whatsoever that i need to get my hopes up for this so i watched it i was like yeah this is this is fine it delivers <laughs> like it does is, what it, is it fun i think it's fun okay. i think it particularly when it get because it's you know well for one thing you won't see a better five minute opening than this movie this year I will just, let me describe the five minutes to okay. Monster Hunter opens because it is it is it opens you know t- title on screen. Mon- Actually, I think it's after I think it's how it comes on after the cold open. You get you get a you get a, a a dark sandy vista at night. You're in the and what's coming out through over the sand these sand dunes? A pirate ship. It's on the sand. How's that working? <laughs> Who fucking cares? It's a pirate ship. It's on the sand. And you okay. zoom in. You zoom into the pi- the people on the ship. Who's the captain of the ship? It's Ron Perlman. Ron yeah. Perlman's on the right. on the ship steering the thing with his big Ron Perlman face, a face that's built for these kind of movies. <laughs> and he's and he says something in pirate where he's like, "Ah, I got to do this thing or whatever." <laughs> and then something happens where these mo- like a uh, there's people on the ship and they're minding their own business and a monster attacks the ship. And Tony Jaws there. You're like, "He's going to need that monster in the face probably." And you're like, he is and he tries and he fails and he falls off the ship and then the monsters attack on the ship and it, it sails away ron perlman's still on the ship and then the title comes on monster hunter it's oh, fantastic wow. that <laughs> is entirely self-explanatory yeah and the, then goes... then you then you have to deal with like 20 minutes of nonsense where it establishes all the other characters where there's this parallel dimension on earth and mila jovovich leads like this group of people that includes ti among others and oh, you're like okay these people but then th- what i think works about there's so much monster hunter talk what works about the rest of the movie <laughs> is that it pretty much dispatches all of the all of her crew when she gets to this other dimension and it's just her and tony jaw uh, for the most of the movie fighting monsters 
and the monsters look good and like the okay the kind of the the weird like dynamic between the two because neither like neither of them speak the other's language so it's just like it actually it feels like it's trying to do something with that which is fun and the monsters are fun so it's like <laughs> for a movie like this that I had no, again no expectation for i'm thinking well, it's doing its job. <laughs> that, was, that was my take. You are, you are really selling me on this movie. Uh, yeah, I yeah, am. For a movie that's <laughs> in theaters now that you're not going to see. <laughs> I might risk theater, theater watching. <laughs> I want to rent out a theater, please. For what? What do you want to see right now? The Mank or News of the World. I want to see Monster Hunter. <laughs> are you guys playing Monster Hunter here? <laughs> so, yeah, that's Monster Hunter in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and don't think there's not more Ron Perlman in this movie, because there will be. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, we got one question oh, this my. week. Um, it was from it was from Luke. He asks, "Why don't more people agree with me that Chadwick Boseman's performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is clearly the best performance of the year?" I mean, I don't know, Luke. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> it is it is the best. It is one of the best performances of the year. Why it's the yeah. best? There's competition out there i would say i i mean i really think delroy lindo has a great i mean i think he's great in the movie like i he is great i rewatched his big monologue in the jungle uh, a little earlier this week and it's like yeah this is this is stellar it's like stellar stellar stuff here and from someone that's been you know doing this for a while and just like getting this raw emotion out of him he's fantastic but uh marcus are there any are, are there any performances offhand that you're like these are this is like one of the best i've seen this year i mean yeah uh, uh Ahmed. Uh-huh. I just, I mean, this is all just, maybe it's because it's more recent, but he's great. <laughs> he's great in the, in that role. It, it was almost like a role that was meant for like, it seems like it was a role that was meant for like Ryan Gosling or something. And then he just took it and to another level. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it just, it'd be weird to be like Ryan Gosling's playing quiet. Well, I've seen that. <laughs> i was just talking about the shirt off for majority of the movie oh as far as he's okay <laughs> yeah he did that too he did the shirtless tattoo guy in uh in uh in um uh, place beyond the pines as well yeah, you're, you're yeah, yeah i would go there um but uh um yeah i'm trying to think i i, I really love chadwick in this so yeah no he's fantastic i agree i agree with whoever said that yeah okay here you go <laughs> Well, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, now that we got the very essential awards and Monster Hunter talk out of the way as well, uh, that was out now feedback, 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 and uh, that that's uh, going to bring us to the end of this episode. Uh, you can find more of my work at the my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there, but I am writing plenty of movie reviews at Wheel of Entertainment, and I have Blu-ray reviews over at wisetoblue.com, as well as my top 10 Blu-rays of the year. Uh, which is a very expansive list uh, that I was happy to work on, but there's a lot of great home releases out there, so you can check that out. I'm um, also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Marcus, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, MoviesMarcus.com. I'll be writing some more stuff. Um, Twitter, MoviesMarcus. Uh, Instagram, MoviesMarcus1. Um, it just, And I'm all over Instagram, so if you want to just talk to me about whatever, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Cool. And it's a, it's yeah, it's open forum, you know, whatever. Well, you got those doodles, so a lot of people can interpret. Your I got the doodles too, doodles, Marcus. If you want, if you want to talk politics, you know, I'm I'm really radical, so just beware. You are radical. <laughs> I'm really, yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're you're a regular Michelangelo. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm 
pushing the limits of art uh, uh, on a daily basis. So. Just be, that's, be prepared. That should be the, that should be what it says in the profile. <laughs> pushing the limits of art on a daily basis. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> you should uh, uh, you should uh, you can find all the other episodes of this podcast out now there to name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us any of your thoughts on the episode or thoughts on other movies we've talked about at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or on twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast or on instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Uh, Marcus, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me. Always glad to have you here. Look forward to having you back again. We are approaching the end of the year, so of course there's going to be a lot of other fun talk about the best films of the year and whatnot as well. Uh, but we got a few weeks and episodes to wait until that time. So until then, so long and goodbye. Way down south in Alabama, I got a friend to call Dancing Sam. Who's crazy about all the latest dances? Black bottom stops and new baby Francis. The other night at a swell affair. As the boys found out that I was there, they said, Come on, Ma, let's go to the cabaret. When I got there, they began to say, I want to see the dancing called the Black Bottom. I want to learn that dance. Want to see the dance you call your Big Black Bottom. It put you in a Say, 